And everyone's out here talking this and talking that and distracting tweets and trying to draw attention, take away attention from the real truth, right? The real fact of the matter is. So here's a fact. The Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals, baby. Hello, 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 my people again. What's up and welcome again to the Not My Fault podcast. Thank you again for downloading, for streaming, for bootlegging, for just buying it off the little China man. However it is that you're coming across the podcast again today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been, uh, we, we, went, we, took a little, we took a week off, took a week off. We had Valentine's Day, right? I hope everybody enjoyed the Valentine's Day. I hope if you uh, were alone, you did, you didn't feel too bad on your Valentine's Day. But um, I hope everybody had a good time and everybody enjoyed themselves and, and hung out with some loved ones or at least watched a lot of Netflix, right? At least watched a lot of Netflix. A couple of things changed a little bit. Um, obviously, here at Not My Fault, we love us some Silk the Shaka. We love Silk the Shaka, but Silk. Didn't really give me permission to use his song, so we went ahead and changed the theme song a little bit there. Um, we tried out something else. We got some. We got some music in there. I, we. I've got a line in the show. Silk. So we're trying to get Silk to 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 at me here and, and maybe even give us a little interview at some point. Free Silk, people. Free Silk. Let's do. Let's see if we can make this a movement. Tweet Silk. Hit him up. Not my fault. We love that track. I don't know if we can get him in mystical, but we love some Silk the Shaka, baby. Throwing it back, throwing it back. Now, we're, we're recording this uh, after All-Star Weekend. Um, or I'm recording this after All-Star Weekend. So what an All-Star Weekend uh, it was. You know, the NBA, the NBA does a great job, um, I think, of all the major sports, of having the best All-Star festivities. Like, everything they go together. No one cares about the Pro Bowl. You know, it's just like, yeah, my guys made it. You might see Odell doing some nonsense on the field <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, being, you know, being called out for it. But um, baseball's all-star festivities are okay, too. The home run derby is pretty legit. I'll say that's a probably probably the best singular event, um, only because the dunk contest has gone to such utter, like, it's, it's pretty bad now because, you know, all the no-names are doing uh, the dunk contest. And we all just want to see LeBron and we want to see the big boys doing it. We want to see the big boys out there just dunking all over the place, right? They tried to do it in the game. I want to see it when they're out there. You know, sometimes they're, they're compelling. Last year's was actually pretty good, but um, this year was a wash. I actually was enjoying the skills competition, not only because KP was in it, who our unicorn, Porzingis, right? Um, as a Knicks fan, I was enjoying that, but... No, I, I like seeing the uh, the skills contest because it seems like it's a little harder than uh, than the dunk contest right now. Like these guys just come around and do windmills and whatnot, and and it's the same, yeah, the same stuff. But all in all, the weekend as a whole and the festivities and the All Star Game itself, they have the NBA has the best All Star Game, hands down, best best All Star Game, and they don't play no damn defense. I was hoping to see some defense. I was uh, messaging some of my buddies too. I'm like, this would be great. To see the East or the West like actually play some D for once, right? Um, at least in this era of like uh, All Star Game, back in the '90s, they used to be legit. Probably because everybody hated Jordan, but they used to be legit, or he just hated everybody else and he wanted to show up. But um, it would have been nice to see some legit competition 
uh, in the All-Star game just to, just to actually see which side is really better, right? Because, I mean, yeah, who's throwing up dunks and whatnot? And I, and I get um, people want to see that. Some cool stuff happening. You know, Alphabet City, Gianna, Gianna Matakuntunkunkus. <laughs> I can't say his name. But um, he, had, uh, he had that monster dunk put back over Steph Curry, which is really cool. That was really cool. Um, it's funny to see how fans of the NBA have turned on, like, the Warriors, right? And And that whole... The Splash Brothers. I mean, if you like the Warriors, there's nothing that's changed. You, you're in there. But, like, the rest of the NBA fan base, I think, is turned, man. Now, like, they're the villains. And it's fun to see them be villains. Um, it sucks to see them win, even though they're villains. But, you know, maybe the, the landscape the landscape might have changed a little bit. And we'll see We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. To quote Stephen A., you'll see what happens, baby. You know? Um... You know, after All-Star Weekend, you know, obviously the brow, Anthony Davis, he was the MVP of the All-Star Game, 52 points and 10 boards, which is ridiculous. But the dude, is he's monstrously talent, talented. But, to, but the news that came out of it was the Boogie Cousins trade. Boogie. Boogie to the Pelicans. Like that for, for a bag of peanuts, basically. And a ball of lint. That's what, that's what <laughs> New Orleans traded to get. Boogie Cousins. And I'm sitting here like, we still got Joakim Noah. No disrespect to Joe. Joakim. You know, if he was a healthy Joakim, and uh, maybe if we rewinded back three, four years, um, I'd be happy with Noah. No problem with him. But his body's not the same anymore. And that ain't that ain't Noah. That ain't the Noah, Noah I was hoping for. But, but yeah. Any of the all-star festivities were, were cool. Boogie's now in New Orleans. They got a double-headed monster there. If they get Drew Holiday to play some ball... Uh, they gonna they gonna cause some trouble. I will, I I'll root for them. I'll be on the wagon. First round of the playoffs, they face off against the Warriors. Take them out, baby. Take them out. At least make it interesting. I don't want to see sweeps. Make it interesting. But um, but yeah, man. And now and everyone's just like the, playing the game. Like, how could we not get Boogie Cousins? And then Bloody Divac talking about he had a better deal two days prior and he turned it down to take a garbage deal like are you asking to be fired you know what i mean are you asking for that yeah. any thought that maybe you can wait to get a little closer to the deadline there's more pressure you got to be able to get more we will get prob- most likely we will get less because i had a uh, better deal two days ago than what you got now yep and you, then, you, you had a better offer for Cousins well, talk, two days ago? Talk to, talk to those agents, this, what they say. So what? It, I don't want to go into details. I don't want to discuss about uh, the, the process. It was a big process for us. Did that, that, and that didn't shy you away, obviously. I mean, even though you settled for an offer you didn't like as much as the other one, no thought in your mind. This was, was the best time and the best offer we could get for in this particular time. What's that all about, huh? Like, why, why would you admit to that? Why? <laughs> I, I it's crazy. I mean, I the guy looked like he like he did, but you know, some of New Orleans finest, uh, and been <laughs> he's been dousing himself in bourbon. If you look at the interview and look at what he looks like, man, Vladdy, and I liked Vladdy back in the Laker days, Vladdy Debuck. But um, yeah, man, that was, 
That was one of the worst. That, that was a Steve Mills GM move right there. You know what? Like, he outdid Steve and Phil. <laughs> now he takes the GM, uh, worst GM cake. You traded Boogie for a bag of peanuts and a ball of, and ball of lint. Talking about you had a better deal two days ago and didn't take that. So you took the lesser offer. I, I would take that to assume that he turned down the better deal. Then it wasn't on the table anymore, so he was forced to take this. Um, which is insane because Boogie is worth way more than what they got. But, hey, that, to hell with Sacramento. New Orleans making off like bandits. It's going to be fun to see them play. I hope they stick around because I think Boogie's up for uh, uh, a new contract uh, next year. So hopefully he stays in New Orleans and then they do something there. It'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see that. But, yeah, man, that that's that's insane. That's 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 how to get fired 101 in the nba man that's how to get fired we'll see what happens with that and then and then to to comp to compound it um boogie didn't even know about it right like so he's been traded while he's doing an interview talking about the all-star game and 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 his reaction was priceless his reaction was priceless Questions first, please. Yeah. All-star game questions. What other questions we got? Hey, DeMarcus, can you kind of sum up your all-star experience? And... Oh, really? Yeah. Can, you, can, you uh, uh, can you sum up your all-star experience? What it was like for all the great players? It was amazing, man. I enjoyed the city of New Orleans. You know, uh, I love it here in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> now, that's, that's priceless because... Uh, if you notice a little the deadpan right there, right? It, it, so he didn't know he was going to be asked questions about the trade. So he was like, what other questions are we talking about? Midway through these, uh, the questions about the All-Star game that he's expecting, um, his agent was in his ear telling him, and that's what he's, oh, word. You know, and so he's telling him what's going on. And uh, the dude finds out about his trade, like, right then and there. Uh, it's and only, only, I guess, in a in a... A city like Sacramento over the GM like Vladi would that happen? Because apparently uh, he had already told Boogie and his agents that he wasn't going to trade him. Like he promised that he wasn't going to trade him. And and I can understand why Boogie would want to stay in Sacramento. It just basically cost him forty million dollars um, because of the new CBA rules and so on and those guidelines. Because he was he was drafted by Sacramento, they'd be able to offer him that extra money. But now he, it's gone. It's gone. Now he's with New Orleans, and he's going to get a max contract, but it's not, it's 40, 40 million lighter. Wow, and, you know I would be pissed at that too, right? But um, either way, it's a better situation for him. maybe an endorsement and all that sort of stuff. He'll make it up, right? But forty mil gone, but he's in New Orleans now, baby. Ugh, Pelicans, Pelicans. But you know, it actually took the spotlight off of my beloved Knicks. You know, Melo was playing. Melo had a nice little all-star game. He did look kind of old in, like, the other highlights and whatnot. You just see him taking the jumpers, and, you know, his, even his little layup was, was kind of was weak, considering you see, like, the dunks and whatnot from, like, everyone else. But um, but uh, he, had a, he had a nice little game. KP, the unicorn, man, he looked up and coming, up and coming. You know, if he can just establish a more reliable um, offense for himself, like being able to set up his own offense, um reliably because he can do it every so but i mean like just like he can knock down do what he have to do and set up his own shots without having you know screens and everything set up for him or coming off breaks that's the sky's the limit for him man and that's the only that's the only hiccup i would say right now some of his defensive effort 
is a little lackluster here and there, but I think that's coming from the team just being dysfunctional. Um, our coach is sucking and not bringing them up, but, you know, uh, yeah, there's enough there, man. KP. And Hernan Gomez. Really? Hernan Gomez. We got, we, got some, we got some things to be excited about in New York. We got a lot of stuff to not be excited about, but, you know, in addition to that, where we had, we had Oak, the Oakley incident, Free Oak. Oh, that was disgusting. That was disgusting. There's no reason ever, ever. And, yo, honestly, God, I don't care what's happened since then. They've made up, apparently. I'm still team fuck Dolan, man. That was unbelievable. It was classless to then, you know, so they... If you if you're if you've been under a rock somewhere and you and you and you didn't know this happened, so Oakley comes to a game. Apparently, he and he and uh, James Dolan have some history in the sense that they hate each other, right? Feelings mutual both ways. Um, Oakley made his way to this game. He may or may not have been belligerent to um, to staff there. Um, it's been it, you know statements have been all over the place. None of them has been. None of them have really ironed out what he did and what he didn't do outside of hey he was being mean you know being an asshole and i've been to plenty of games where people are assholes right but anyway um he's also being approached by security uh being checked at multiple multiple spots you know the personnel there don't recognize him you know as a nick legend charles oakley um that should say enough in itself right there like he's not plastered around the building and you should know who the fuck charles oakley is but anyway um he's being treated kind of normal Maybe he's pissed off about that. Maybe he had a few drinks. Who knows? Who knows? Oakley's been, you know, he's he's known to be a knucklehead in ways, um, in the sense that he's a tough dude, you know? And then that's why we love him in New York. He'll slap the shit out of you in a second. Charles Oakley, man. He don't care. And um, anyway, beloved, beloved Nick's treasure. I love Oakley. Everyone loves Oak. He's there watching the game. And apparently, from, from Dolan's comments, what they've published... He was out there, I guess, telling Dolan he sucks dick, you know, just being really ta-ta. And Dolan had security apparently approach him and ask him to leave or telling him he needed to leave. As this happens, that's when they have this on video. There's a scuffle there. Um, you know, Oakley don't take no shit. So there's that. The way they the way they handled Oak and approached him probably wasn't the best scenario. Maybe you wait a little bit. Maybe, you know, you wait till halftime or something, not when it's going on in a game or something. I don't know. I don't know how you best approach Oakley because, you know, he is who he is. But um, you definitely don't do what, what happened, right? So um, it escalated. He's being dragged out by multiple security guards. He falls. He's being dragged on the ground. This is Charles Oakley. This isn't like a random fan. This is Oakley, you know, being dragged around all over the place. James Dolan just sitting down courtside acting like he, he doesn't know what's going on. Doesn't turn around. No nothing. Then it's just like minutes or, uh, you know, after this all it gets reported and broken out. And the media rightfully digs into it. Sports media, anyway, digs into it. Uh, like, what the hell's going on? Wow, sad events in the ball. The Nixit PR group issue a Twitter statement talking about he has a, he may have substance abuse problems and and et cetera, and kind of threw dirt on his name on top of embarrassing him in that way. And that that in itself was the biggest crime, in my opinion. Like the way the Knicks, James Dolan, that whole organization handled Oakley in that scenario was classless, tasteless. Uh, it was it was it was hard. It's the one you not not you know. Let me not even say it was the one time. That's sad that I can't admit that it was the one time because Isaiah was up there and there was other we have we've had other other incidents, Marbury and whatnot. Um, 
But this this truly stung as a Nick fan to have to sit here and see a legend treated this way. One of my favorite players grew up watching Oakley, you know, and being treated this way. And then on top of that, his name being sullied the way it was, you know. Um, and Dolan gets on the air and a Michael K show. And he's it's just same thing with a, like a binder full of statements um, making accusations that, you know, he's, he may have a drinking problem. Without providing examples of how he did this, that he has this, you know, really negative behavior. But where are the examples? He's just like, you know, he's, a, you know, he has problems. I, I don't know how he's sitting here today not being sued, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, apparently, the NBA stepped in to clean up the situation by the NBA. I mean, Adam Silver and Michael Jordan, for some reason, sat in a room with everyone to get Oakley and Dolan to agree to be friends, <laughs> at least uh, on the path to friendship, and they issued a joint statement where they were apologizing for everything, blah blah. Um, to kind of kind of quell it, thankfully the All Star Weekend has come has come, and that you know that that discussion has gone away. But still, it's like, Ugh. and then on top of that, after like the media backlash, the fan backlash, and the Knicks are being destroyed, and people just talking shit. And I was tweeting Dolan, are you dick? You know all that sort of stuff. He goes out and he, you know, for basically not embracing legends, he has an M.O. of this. Unless you, like, kiss his ass, he has an M.O. of not bringing you around. And he sets up, like, Veterans Day, basically. He brings he brings out Latrell Sprewell, another Nick fan. Nick, not legend, but uh, I guess beloved Nick while his time, his, in his time here. And um, he's had a really sour relationship with Dolan. But he brings out Sprewell. And all these other guys, Larry Johnson, Herb Williams and whatnot, to sit down and watch a game acting like the Oakley thing just didn't happen. Or to even throw more dirt on the fact that he's like, fuck Oakley. Like, dude, grow up. You're a billionaire owner of the Knicks and you're, and you're acting like a prick. A public prick. You know, a lot of these, I'd imagine a lot of these guys are pricks <laughs> in their own right, you know. In the privacy of their offices. And, you know, running their businesses. But just to be publicly out there like, fuck it, I'm a dick. <laughs> that, that, was, that was amazing. And that's probably what brought Adam Silver over like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Enough is enough. And I'll add, Silver's great. Silver's turned out to be a really awesome commissioner so far. Um, but yeah, you know, old Oakley's incident, man. And this is all in the week of love, Valentine's Day, you know? probably why that's why another reason why i needed a week off <laughs> oakley <laughs> but yeah and you know, all the stuff this boogie stuff the all-star weekend it's it's taking the light off of the knicks for now trade deadline is looming you know we'll see what happens maybe eh, come monday come next monday anyway um i'll be singing a different tune right i'll be like oh they let go rose and mellow and now we have nothing but picks which may be a good thing but that's that. That's that. And I quickly wanted to touch, I guess, on the NBA. Uh, just the happenings really quick of the NBA. Just stuff that I had on my mind about the NBA uh, with the Knicks in general. Um, not going to do another Nick episode right now. We'll do another one soon. That was fun. Maybe uh, just an NBA in general. Maybe when it's draft time, we'll get a lottery and all, all that stuff. But yeah, that's it for current events. My current events. Catching up on this stuff, man. Nuts. We'll take a quick break. And then uh, we'll come on back and actually touch the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. All righty, folks.
Say hi to your mother for me. touch on something a little more serious you know and some there's a, there's funny stuff out there you know everybody kind of makes up half truths and everything but we're sitting here we're about a month into uh our new president and a new political climate and it's just amazing to me that we're debating what is real what are facts Facts. Alternative facts. Facts to be facts. It's not a joke, it's fact. Wanna know something else? It's a fact. And I mean, facts are facts are facts, right? Sometimes they're funny as hell, right? So they got some weird facts. You just know, like, hey, here's, you know, here's a, here's, a, here's a weird little fact, right? So Liam Neeson, our boy, Liam, right? My little man, that's where he got his name from. Liam Neeson, Taken, all that stuff. So Liam Neeson was training to be a teacher before before he ended up punching out a student because they pulled a knife out on him. He gave up his, after that, he gave up his teaching dream and then he just he just went into acting. Hmm? That's a fact for you. Go ahead, check it. Another one, yeah, you know, peeing in the shower instead of uh, instead of the toilet. Just once a day, you'll save up like two thousand liters of water per person every year. Yeah, goes another fact for you, right? And then we go into other facts, things that are just like real, like when our president spews on and on about his uh, his immigration executive order captured a leader of ISIS. No, that claim was false. That's not a fact. <laughs> when he goes on talking about Swedish crime is the highest it's ever been because of all the influx of refugees and immigrants. No, it's not a fact. It's, 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 it's been proven false. There's no correlation. And it's just amazing that we just we just sit here and we let this we let this happen. No one's checking these facts, and the people that are checking these facts are being ignored because people don't want to hear it anymore. They don't want to hear the truth. And I'm wondering to myself, how do we sit here and let that happen? As people, debate wrong or right beliefs, debate that. That's fine. A belief is something debatable. It's something that you know, thing. But a belief is not a fact. An opinion is not a fact. My opinion holds no more, no, uh, uh, more weight than yours. But at the end of the day, we can both agree that it's 80 degrees outside. It's a fact. <laughs> and so that's why it's crazy. It's crazy that, that this stuff goes on and we're debating whether 
something is for real or, or not. Like, I mean, it, it, it's concrete, right? Some things are true, some things are false. Uh, real quick, real quick. He did his press, con- his press conference last week, right? And his press conference, he praised uh, uh, his administration's uh, implementation of, of, the, of the ban, the anti-terrorism executive order, right? He said the rollout was perfect. No. <laughs> it was confusion everywhere. All the airports, uh, they were holding back people with, with green cards, dual citizens. That was a fact. He said that the Ninth Circuit uh, uh, that decided to, to, to reinstate his travel ban had its rulings overturned by the Supreme Court all the time. No. Not true. He said Hillary Clinton gave 20% of the uranium to, uh, uh, and from the, uh, uh, 20% of American uranium to Russia. Uh, no, she was one of nine votes that approved that deal. He claimed his November victory was the biggest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan. No, there were three presidents <laughs> before him that were bigger. One being another Republican. He said jobs already started to surge since his election. Talking about Ford, Fiat, Chrysler, Intel. No. Most of those jobs were already on their way to the states before he was in office. And it was mostly because it's too costly to be making cars across the border border and overseas. It's cheaper now. Labor's not as cheap in China. (laughs) Turns out. Things change. He said that the he said that the media had a lower approval rate than Congress. No, <laughs> the public approval of Congress is way lower than the trust in the media. So I mean, I, it's it's sad that we've gotten to this state, right, where a fact is no longer a fact. And you can just say whatever you want to say, and people are eating it up and running with it. Running with it. Running with it. And then the, the worst part is, or, or I guess what infuriates there is that, you know what? Get your news from where you get your news. But don't shut out alternative voices, right? Like I'll debate, I'll debate you all day long about the merits of a wall or a twenty percent tariff. I won't stop listening to you. I mean, show me, show me the blueprints. Where are the facts? Oh man, I remember show me the blueprints. So <laughs> this is where this is where everything goes completely derailed, and uh, oh, I derail everything here. And they're like, all right, I was I was with you, I was with you, I was with you, I was with you until this hour. I was with you until this hour. So I told you guys I love the History Channel. Um, love the History Channel. And I used to oh, I used to binge Ancient Aliens like ridiculously. So, so you know, I I bought in, man. I bought in Ancient Aliens like Jesus was an alien. <laughs> you know, I bought in to uh, you know to, uh, to ancient texts and and the drawings on the wall and whatnot. And how, you know, Egyptian pyramids could be like essentially power stations. Like they were, they were batteries. They were, they were conduits. This is how ancient civilizations had power, you know, and they, they, they were able to do that, right? Why? Why do I believe in that? 
Well, there was a few examples of things, right? So uh, apparently in, in, in Mayan cultures, you know, they, they have figureheads and they have figurines and all this stuff. And there was this one village, I guess there's a jewelry, this deposit of like treasure that they found and so on, uh, Mayan treasure. They found this little gold figurine that resembled an airplane. Like it looked like a plane. Like it had the little seat, wings. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a weird thing, right, to, to see this. So these two German scientists actually created a life-size model of this damn thing. And I'm talking about, this is Mayan culture, so BC, right? Like we're, we're, going, we're going back. And, um, and um, Kimbaya, Kimbaya plane, airplanes are what they're, what they're called, right? The aircraft. So they built a life-size model. They put, you know, a little engine in it and whatnot. And I mean, literally, same thing that they found in these artifacts. They just recreated it. And the damn thing took off on the runway and they started flying this thing. They made a little a little freaking plane with the same specs, right? They just made it life-size. So when you look at figurines and you look at, um, I guess, artifacts and what ancient civilizations were, were, were depicting, like if you think about it, not to say that humans aren't imaginative, right? But if you look at the cave paintings, Neanderthals and all that stuff, they were... They were painting what they saw, right? So they saw woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and all that sort of stuff. And that's what we see on the walls. We see, we see crude drawings of humans and women and children and stuff like that. Because this is what they saw. Same, uh, the, uh, the same goes for us in present day, right? Like the, some of the stuff that we imagine and all the stuff that we expand upon and create really comes from a template of something that we saw. Whether it be fictional that we saw it, you know, and then we just created our own universe after the fact, Star Wars and whatnot, an LSD trip, right? <laughs> or we actually saw a plane, now we're drawing planes, right, and stuff like that. So if it, think of the time it took or it takes for someone to handcraft this, it would have taken someone to handcraft this in B.C., like a thousand years B.C., of gold. This isn't like middle of the mall stuff, gold, to chisel that down, actually mold it. They took the time to do that. And they molded all these figures and called them flying creatures. Where would that come from if they hadn't seen something like that, right? You try to explain what you saw. It's like this flying creature came down all the time. And outside of it came these two gods or this god and the gods that they depicted in a lot of ways resemble our astronauts of today like it's it's crazy shit right i, I you gotta go you gotta go look at it but just question yourself like wow okay and i bought into it I bought into it. Uh, ancient aliens. I love ancient aliens. You know, you ever seen ancient aliens? Load that shit up. Watch it. <laughs> and just be there and cue the X-Files music. <laughs> and, you know, and, and as you're watching this, right, you're going to sit there and be like, what? Or you're going to be like, this is nonsense. 
Now, when you sit there and you say this is nonsense, though, you got to ask yourself why you're why you're saying that. And this is where I go to in that train of thought where we 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 zone out and like exclude everything that doesn't apply to what our train of thought is. And then it's like, are we educated or are we not educated? And we all are, right? For the most part. So it's like critical thought is part of that. So you got to be able to challenge your own thoughts and challenge what you've been told. Because uh, uh, to a large extent, what we've been told are mechanisms of control. How much so? We have a political environment right now where the method of control is fear. Think about it. We've given up our right to privacy and we now let our government basically monitor us for fear that some some radical, someone with an agenda is out to attack us in small town USA to big city USA. And so we've given up our right to privacy and opened up our own intimate details, you know, uh, We've given up access to things that we wouldn't share with a pastor to our government and trust in them to use this data not nefariously, not against us. And historically, Historically, that's always proven to be untrue, but we've done it anyway, and we did it out of fear. We didn't question it. We said, yeah, of course. If, I, if I'm not doing anything wrong, what's, what's the matter with that? I don't care that they see it. I ain't got nothing to hide. It's not about having something to hide. It's about not being persecuted for beliefs or being persecuted for your ideas or... For saying a joke in private. We've given that up out of fear. We've elected someone who in many respects agree or disagree. At least admit to the fact that he is not well suited for this position. Because he's, he's shown that he's not suited for this position. Just in the manner of, of the way he carries himself. The fact that he's staying in a, in a, I guess, his resort town in Florida, Mar-a-Lago. He's gone against systemic constitutional powers and doesn't understand the vital roles that checks and balances play in our whole democracy and we elected him for fear we were worried about emails or we somehow are misguided into thinking that jobs that were lost overseas in a certain sector were going to come back or even even more so that immigrants are flooding this country and with it crime rates are going up 
They're not. They're still the lowest they've been since like 94. That crime is going up. The jobs are being taken. They're not. We We relinquished those jobs. We've continued to elect officials local, national, that are not working in our interests. And we did it out of fear. Everything comes out of fear. And so the story of who we are or who this nation will be is being written now for the next, you know, what's happening now will be in policy for at minimum the next four years. And to not question what's happening, accept it as alternative fact. And okay, I find that remarkable. And then to chastise the people that do question that, I find that remarkable. And I find it sad because it it, it frightens me that questioning what's happening is wrong. Calling out judges, a judge, to go ahead and, and place the fear of an attack, of something happening, place it on a judge. Don't blame me, blame the judge if something happens. Do you know how um, one amazingly arrogant and dangerous a statement like that is? Agree or disagree on our, on our candidates, on our beliefs, on our, I mean, national policy. You've got you've to be able to have the common ground there. Like, where's the line? <laughs> to quote somebody said, he's a habitual line stepper. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. He just crosses the line. And that's a fact. There's no taking that back. That's a fact. And so then you just say you want anarchy. Don't you don't want order? You don't want, you want anarchy. By you, I'm saying the person that defends this. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's actually it's it's troubling. It's um I find it amazing. I find it uh, uh again sad, disheartening. Um, I feel like anxiety. You know, the news coverage is nonstop on it. So we kind of deflect and we move on. So we move on to other things. And then, you know, you listen to comedy. People make jokes and all this stuff. And I mean, it's OK to laugh. Some of the stuff is actually, you know, you got to laugh at it. Like, wow. You know, there's really is that alternative facts. They brought that Joe Schmo, that 31 year old kid out there that he's just like a brown noser and a half. Just spewing nonsense to. Like unquestioned, like the, the, the totalitarian attitude of like. The whole regime is crazy. And the fact that it's like not even being questioned by the people that supported it. Like that's 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 the question, right? Because, it, you know, I guess liberals, Democrats, the media and so on, we're, they are questioning. I'm questioning. I'm wondering, you know. But. It's like you have pie, the, the supporters have like pie in their face and it just won't, they're just digging their heels in and saying, yep, yep, no, <laughs> country first, right? 
But um Yeah, so this this has been on my mind for for a little bit now. I I I, I kind of promised that I wouldn't jump into politics too much. Um and even so right now, I mean, I'm really just giving you opinion-based politics. I'm not I'm not delving into the nuts and bolts because I one I can go on for 3 days and two I'm probably just going to be drowned out anyway, right? Not by the naysayers or any of that business, but I'm going to be drowned out by the fact that this is in, in the media nonstop. So I ask myself, why, though? Why is it in the media nonstop, right? If nothing is wrong, if everything is okay, if he's to be trusted or, you know, he didn't, he's not overstepping, he's not doing these crazy things, why would we be talking about it so much? Because we'd be talking about the wins, how great this is. That's a flag for you right there. This isn't out of spite. It's the, the, the shit, the stuff going down is not right. The way things are being done, the statements being made, the confusion, the Russian intelligence agencies, the, all this craziness, it's unheard of in American politics. I mean, I guess you'd have to go back to when you couldn't hear stuff on the radio. Like back then when you, could, you just wouldn't know. But to sit here just idly by and watch it and then not, not say anything about it, just in ho-hum, that's scary in itself, right? And then you double down on that and it's being, it's being just broadcast nonstop, nonstop. And then people are making jokes and you're talking about Russia and you're talking about this and you're talking about his statements and he comes out every week or every other week uh, or every other day on Twitter and he says something else that just catches the attention. And then he asks himself, why? Why is this happening? And it dawns on me, and I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, a savant here. It's dawned on many people. This is, all, in my opinion, this is all just a smokescreen. That party and um, the powers that be and himself are robbing us blind by just a magic show. They're putting on an act. They're putting on an act. They're sitting here, he's sending out crazy tweets. And we're spending three, four, five days talking about crazy tweets. But at the end of the day, they're confirming new FCC directors that don't care about net neutrality. They're, they're pushing through a new EPA head that's there to just deregulate the shit out of the, the EPA. The EPA, which, by the way, helps save our lives. You know that Clean Air Act, which Bush put into power back in 1990? You know why he put it in, 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 in effect? We had clean air acts since like 1967. He put stronger clean air acts. Why? Because we were fucking killing ourselves with smog and acid rain and shit. And we were doing it with coal. Because uh, people, literally, you know, is that when you burn coal, it's a dirty fossil fuel. So as you burn the coal, it's not only the carcinogens and the stuff you breathe in from burning the coal. That burning creates sulfur dioxide. Which goes into the clouds, goes into, you know, the condensation and everything. It comes down and it's acid rain. And Bush, Republican Bush, along with Congress, they said, yo, we're going to put in a new Clean Air Act, stronger, which is actually the initiation of cap and trade. And they brutalized the coal industry. Yeah, it needed to happen because people were killing themselves. We were killing themselves. The EPA helped out with that. And now we have a person that's come into power who, or not come to power, who's been 
put as the head of the EPA who hates the EPA. Our education system is now in the hands of a, of a woman who's never attended a public school in her life, who believes religion should be taught in schools. Should be taught in schools. I remember, I remember, I pledge allegiance to the flag, all that when I was a kid. And I remember, I remember being taught the separation of church and state and how important that was. Now we have all our leaders, I bless God, I bless. And this is not an attack on Christianity, on the Muslim faith, on Buddhism, on anything you choose to believe in. Believe it. Ancient aliens, believe what you want to believe in. But when your leaders or our country start taking mandates around religious beliefs, that becomes dangerous. Because if you look back, again, those that don't know their history or ignore their history are doomed to repeat it. How many wars, how, many, how much bloodletting was out there, is out there right now? Because of religion. Because you look down upon other people less favorably against those people. These, they become the enemy. Their faiths are in contradiction to yours. And you can't coexist. The Crusades, remember those bad boys? Catholics? Against the Muslims? It's age old. It's never stopped. And now we're playing around with these little toys again. And adding economic incentives in there too. There's oil to be had. More fossil fuels. Things that we should be moving away from because we're killing our planet with it. A fact. Being dismissed. Because it's, uh, it's just phony science. No, it isn't. It's a fact. The polar caps are melting. Iceland is almost gone. Nice, anyway. It's a fact. Sea levels are rising. And so, we, we're living in a dangerous time. Dangerous, one, because of who's at the helm, but more so dangerous because it's not even him, per se. It's more the attack on knowledge. Because those that want control that want to abuse, that want to take advantage of, attack knowledge, the pillars of information. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to believe. They don't want you to counter. Think about it in your own life. Somebody start talking something that's against what you have in your house, start cutting that out, right? Start talking about, ah, you bring up an old... An old argument. Something that doesn't apply anymore, right? You go ahead and delegitimize to make your argument stronger. Even though you're fucking wrong. And so, in these times, like, we need to be impartial. Believe what we want to believe personally. Country in front of beliefs. We come together and find middle ground. It's not easily attained. No one just gives up, whatever, you know? But you find common ground.
You don't ban people. A country made up of immigrants. Our history is of immigrants. It's totally immigrants. And if you don't believe it because of the truth in history and I guess the documented history, go watch Gangs in New York. Watch a movie. <laughs> that was us, immigrants. And it happened with the Puerto Ricans, my ancestors. You know, we were hated on. West Side Story, right? The Italians. The Irish. The Pilgrims. Took advantage of the Native Americans. The story's time, it's ageless. It's it's, as old as time itself. But we can't just sit here and lie to ourselves. And that's what we're doing. We're lying to ourselves by pretending that any of this is normal or any of this is something to be allowed. Yeah. I guess that's my rant for week. Now week eight, episode eight. What the hell of facts? We still got open questions, right? Who the fuck is Guillermo? <laughs> Where is Guillermo? I've been hunting Guillermo. I can't find Guillermo. <laughs> you know, and at the end of the day, we just got... we. We have to challenge ourselves to listen to the other side and be a little empathetic, right? But at the same time, we got to laugh at some of this, some of this, man. We have to sit back and just take a chill pill, play a video game, listen to a track, listen to Future, do something. Bad Bunny, baby. Oh, Bad Bunny, man. That's another episode. Bad Bunny, baby. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. I have faith. This country is resilient. Our history is resilient. But my faith is being tested. And I see, I see tough times. Not tested in a way where I'm going to, you know, bounce. But, I mean, we're talking about, there's articles now with California talking about seceding. Really? Like, we're going down that road again? You know? And, and, and we're going we're gonna to fool ourselves and thinking that any of this is normal? No, sir. None of this is normal. None of this is okay. And change needs to happen. With us first. And in our leadership. But yeah. Episode 8, folks. Hope you enjoyed. I try, I'm sorry I got a little, little impassioned there and a little heavy and preachy. But uh, it's, just, it's just something that's been on my I, ha I had to get it out. I had to get it out. I had to share it. I had to say something about it. And I had to. I had to do my. I had to do my little piece. Agree or di don't. Dis you know. Agree or disagree. Tweet me. We can converse. Hell, we can. We can. We can battle. Hit me in the comments. If you haven't already, follow me on iTunes or subscribe on iTunes. Give the give the podcast a review. Good, bad, or ugly. With that said, I also want to thank uh, I want to thank the people that supported so far. Um, you know the, the the reaction to the beads were actually uh, more than I anticipated. Uh, I had fun making them. Um, 
nmfpod.com. Check that out, nmfpod.com. That's the new website, uh, the new domain. NMFcast still exists. They will route to each other soon, Um, probably like in the next week. (laughs) But nmfpod.com, you can listen to the show, download it there, uh, check out the archives soon. Um, The merchandise shop will be up. Thank you to everybody that ordered a hoodie, a T-shirt, sticker, whatever it may be. Again, all those dollars come right back into this cast. I know you hear. I know you hear some of the line in there. I'm trying. I'm trying to work on it, but we're trying to get an editor in house, um, so you can go ahead and clean up some of this audio and do some of the fun stuff that we want to do, like bring on more guests and have that be really clean. Um, with that said, next week, next week's gonna be a fun episode. Um, we're gonna be sitting here with a backer, um, an early backer, and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about something. Uh, talk about a subject that everybody loves. Everybody loves this subject. Right? We're gonna talk about Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Yeah, we're gonna check that out. Talk about that. And bring up, bring up a, bring up some more, uh, some more video game and stuff. But that said, man, as always, I leave you on this note. Tweet Silk the Shocker. Let him know we need his song, man. Silk, we love you, Silk. Okay, we jam to that all the time. Hey, Silk, come on, man. Let's do it. Let's get together. Let's get you on. I'd love to interview you. Let's do this. <laughs> Tweet Silk, free Silk. Silk, it's not my fault. <laughs> hey, folks, as always, I leave you on that note. It's not my fault, and it's never my fault. 